0: Listener Production. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hump Science Explained, a weekly podcast brought to you by Listener and Cosmos. Today you've got me, Emma Perfetto, sifting through some of the key chemicals you may or may not have lathered onto your face. When I first started getting into skincare a few years ago, Having a basic understanding of chemistry and biology was super helpful in getting my head around all the different chemicals in the products I was buying. But I can imagine the headache of having to navigate the long ingredients lists without that knowledge. So I'm going to explain a few of the most common active ingredients found in skincare and how they work. Active ingredients are compounds that we know from scientific research exert a biological influence on the skin. Hopefully, you can be better informed when doing your own skincare research before you head into the store or hit purchase online. To start off with, a bit about skin. The skin is the largest organ in the body. It functions as a barrier to water and pathogens and protects our important squishy bits from damage from ultraviolet light and chemicals. The skin is made up of three layers, the epidermis, Dermis and hypodermis. The deepest layer, the hypodermis, mainly stores fat and contains connective tissues to attach to muscle and bones. The dermis is the middle layer of the skin and makes up about 90% of the skin's thickness. It's where you find hair follicles, blood vessels, sweat glands, and connective tissue, and also the proteins elastin and collagen. Elastin is important for keeping skin flexible and helping stretch skin regain its shape, whereas collagen provides the support that underpins the skin and gives it its firmness. Lastly, the epidermis is the top layer of the skin. The outermost part of the epidermis is called the stratum corneum. It's made up of layers of dead skin cells called keratinocytes, as well as the protein keratin, which you might know also makes up your hair and nails. Below this is the basal layer of the epidermis. In this layer, a process called skin cell turnover occurs, where new skin cells proliferate and get pushed up to take the place of dead cells as they flake off above. On average, it's estimated that the epidermis takes 40 to 56 days to completely turn over. But this timeline lengthens as we get older, and it affects the appearance of the skin. Let's talk about acids. I'm going to kick us off with the alpha and beta hydroxy acids, which are often just abbreviated to AHAs and BHAs. These weak acids are chemical exfoliants, but they're a little different to each other. The hydroxy in the name refers to an alcohol group made up of oxygen and hydrogen, while the acid refers to a carboxylic acid group made up of a carbon bonded to an oxygen and to an oxygen and a hydrogen group. How far away these two groups are is what determines whether a molecule is an alpha or beta hydroxy acid. If they're one carbon apart on the molecule, then they're alpha to each other, and if they're two carbons apart, then they're beta. AHAs exfoliate by loosening the chemical bonds between the dead skin cells in the stratum corneum, which is useful as your rate of skin cell turnover continues to slow as you age. This cell removal helps because if the skin gets too thick, it can look dull and uneven. The most common AHAs in skincare include glycolic acid, lactic acid, tartaric acid and citric acid. Their effectiveness depends on pH, concentration and the duration of exposure though generally, concentrations under 10-15% to are considered suitable for applying at home. AHAs all dissolve in water, which means they can't penetrate as well into oily regions of your face. BHAs, like salicylic acid on the other hand, are oil-soluble, which makes them great for getting into and clearing out pores clogged with oily cells and sebum, as well as for general exfoliating. The side effects of these acids can include irritation, burning sensations, and they also make the skin more sensitive to UV light. So be sure to wear sunscreen if you're planning on using them. What about the vitamins? Is vitamin C good for your skin? There are quite a few important vitamins used in skincare. These compounds are essential for normal cell functions, but we either don't make enough of them ourselves or can't make them at all probably one of the most well-known and studied is vitamin C. It's the most abundant antioxidant found in human skin, and its most biologically active and well-studied form is L-ascorbic acid. Different environmental factors like solar radiation, pollution, and smoking can accelerate damage to the skin through the formation of what are called reactive oxygen species or free radicals, These harmful molecules can cause damage to the proteins and DNA within cells, but antioxidants like vitamin C neutralize these free radicals by giving up some of their own electrons. Vitamin C is also essential for promoting the synthesis of collagen in the skin. Collagen formation is carried out mostly by cells in the dermis, called fibroblasts, and vitamin C has been found to increase the expression of the genes that produce it. Vitamin C also decreases collagen degradation by blocking enzymes that break down collagen in your skin. The only problem with L-ascorbic acid is that it's pretty unstable, breaking down into the inactive dehydroascorbic acid when oxidized. This means that it becomes less effective over time in your product. The process is quicker in water, and when exposed to oxygen and light, And a good indication is when a product changes colour from light yellow to orange and then brown. So keep an eye out for that. How about one of my favourites, vitamin B3? Vitamin B3, commonly known as nicotinamide or niacinamide, is another vitamin commonly found in skincare products. Niacinamide is a precursor that is converted into the cofactors NADH and NADPH in the body. The enzymes in many biochemical reactions need these helper molecules to work, but their levels in skin cells decrease with age. There's evidence that niacinamide can increase concentrations of NADH in dermal fibroblasts, And because NADH and NADPH are involved in so many reactions in the skin, niacinamide has the potential to impact a wide variety of metabolic pathways and the skin functions that rely on them. Just as an example, it can stimulate new collagen synthesis and can increase the synthesis of ceramides in the epidermis. Ceramides are lipid molecules that play an important role in the integrity of the stratum corneum's barrier function by helping to hold skin cells firmly together. Finishing off with the big one, let's talk vitamin A. You might be more familiar with the names of different forms of vitamin A, like retinol and tretinoin, but the derivatives of vitamin A can be generally referred to as retinoids. More than 2,000 derivatives of vitamin A have been synthesized since 1955, And retinoids have been used for treating acne since the 1970s. Retinoids are really well-known influences on a variety of different cellular processes. Vitamin A was the first vitamin approved by the US Food and Drug Administration as an anti-wrinkle agent. For retinoids to work, they must first be converted into the biologically active form, retinoic acid, by enzymes in the skin, Then, retinoic acid binds to retinoid nuclear receptors in the nucleus of skin cells, which either suppresses or induces the expression of targeted genes. So, what does that all mean? Well, retinoic acid inhibits the family of enzymes responsible for the breakdown of collagen that I mentioned earlier. It also stimulates the production of fibroblast and keratinocyte cells, Stimulated fibroblasts produce more collagen, which plumps up the dermis, and increasing the rate of keratinocyte proliferation results in the shedding of dead keratinocytes. That increases cell turnover and results in a smoother skin surface texture. Retinoids are also antioxidants. Some studies indicate that they enhance the production of elastin fibres and they reduce the secretion of sebum from pores, which in turn reduces the tendency to form blackheads. It's also important to know that they can be irritating to the skin, so starting off at the lowest concentrations is best. I hope this primer on some of the most commonly used active ingredients in skincare has helped you get a better idea of what those strange words on the packaging actually mean. And maybe it'll even kick off your own skincare research journey. Thanks for listening to me talk about a few of my favourite active ingredients in skincare. We'll be back soon with even more weird and wacky answers to life's questions. But in the meantime, you can head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next week for another Huh? Science Explained.